The Denver Broncos production at running back last season wasn't good enough, which gauges the point. Should the Broncos look in NFL free agency for a new running back? We'll dive deeper into that here on today's brand new episode. Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country and all the everydayers out there for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, you can get Lockdown Broncos every single day all year long for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor, subscribe or follow down below so you never miss out on all the conversations surrounding your favorite team literally throughout the NFL free agency period, NFL draft, OTAs, the dead month of June as we preview training camp and much more. I'm Cody York, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, today's episode shows we continue our NFL free agency preview looking at potential options the Broncos could look at in this year's cycle on March 13th. Got to look at last year, though, to really gauge why we feel the way that we feel here. Denver did not get enough production out of the running back trio that they had last season between Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, and Jaleel McLaughlin, which prompts the question, should the Broncos invest in the position at free agency this year? And if so, we'll dive deeper into the options. But what stems from this conversation? Like, where do the Broncos and Sean Payton go? Because this is a big part of his offense is the run game. And to be honest with you, there wasn't a good enough aspect of that last season. Yeah, I remember we all thought that last year the running game was going to be the quote-unquote identity of this team. And it didn't end up being like that, right? And it wasn't like we expected the Broncos to just become like the Baltimore Ravens overnight or something like that. But with the investments they made on the offensive line and kind of putting faith behind Javante Williams, bringing in a bigger back like Samaj P. Ryan, you did expect the Broncos to run the ball a lot better over the course of last season. They were not one of the better running teams in the league. We've talked about this before, but Javante Williams substantially worse from his rookie year to the first year post-injury in terms of yardage after contact, Cody. It was it was like half as much as he had his rookie year in terms of yardage after contact per carry. I know that seems like a, a lot to kind of jumble together and just, you know, well, we're blanketing the whole running game was bad. Well, Javante Williams, I mean, yeah, we have to have Grace coming off the injury, but man, if he's not creating yardage after contact, what is the real strength of his game? And, and Samaje Pirine, he was utilized a ton in the two-minute drill or end-of-game situations as a receiver, didn't even get 100 carries last seasons. And, and, and then, obviously, Jaleel McLaughlin, we've talked about this, Cody, he was really prominent in the first part of the season, really prominent in the last part of the season. And then in between, it was kind of a hot hand. You know, one week it's Javante, the next it's Samaje, the next. So the running back position to me in terms of personnel is not where it needs to be for Denver. And historically, this has been one of the most highly prioritized positions by both Sean Payton, the head coach, and George Payton, the general manager. The question I have here about running back, and I think it's going to go to estimated market value. Now, I've been a big supporter. Look, running backs are asked to do so much for opposed for, I mean, just for any offense. They're asked to carry the ball in between the tackles against some of the biggest defenders in the NFL. They're expected to absorb most of the contact almost out of any other position outside of the trenches, and they get paid terribly. 
But there's also the argument where you can see, like, it's hard to really ask yourself, like, is it worth paying a running back? Because because of the contact, more associated risk of injury and wear and tear and the longevity of the position is very questionable at this point. To me, that's the biggest obstacle here with where the Broncos are, not just them, but I think other teams around the NFL are in a similar predicament. They don't have a really established rushing attack. Like Denver last year, Javante, 3.6 yards per carry. You mentioned giving him some grace coming off the injury. Look, I think that Javante will be much better here in 2024. But the question is, is Javante enough to be able to get Sean Payton where he wants to be offensively for this team? I don't know if that's the case here. I don't either, Cody. I really don't. You look at some of the numbers from last year, 18th in rushing attempts, 18th in overall rushing yards, 28th in rushing TDs with just eight rushing touchdowns on the season, 21st in the NFL. And this is the Broncos as a whole, not just Javante. 21st in the NFL at 4.0 yards per attempt. And of course, it's all made this much worse by the fact that Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin, and Samaje Pirine, those guys were one, two, three on the Denver Broncos this past year in overall touches, and they were all in the top five in yards from scrimmage for this team. So when you're talking about a lack of efficiency, when you're talking about not creating yardage after contact over a 17-game regular season, Samaje Pirine not even getting 100 carries at you know as a 240-pound running back, who excels at you know being physical in the running game. And you want to be able to run the ball. I realized situationally that we had individual discussions after almost every game about why did the Broncos abandon the run in this game? Why did they throw so much in this game? Why didn't they hand it off to Javante Williams 15 times in this? We had individual discussions over the year about this position group, about the running game as a whole, about whether or not it was the, the lack of a passing game contributing to not being able to run the ball as much or not getting ahead of the sticks on first down. Ultimately, I do think running back personnel was a major issue. And with Javante Williams hitting a contract year in 2024, have has what we've seen from Javante, Cody, in your eyes, dating back to his rookie season, now we're two, two seasons removed from that. This is going to be his fourth year in the NFL. To me, I don't think we've seen enough from Javante as a former second round pick, a very high second round pick. I don't think we've seen enough from him to be able to bank on him being the running back one in Denver in 2024. Oh, that's it. I mean, part of me, part of me sees where he come from. I mean, I just, I have a hard time letting go of the fact that he's just coming off of a major injury. Like to me, that's the main hangup because the one thing I'll say about Javante, Javante pays attention to everything, but Javante doesn't say anything. Like he grinds, he puts his head down. And I think that there's a lot of motivation from him because he's seen the talk too, right? And and look, I think it's normal as a player to have questions coming off of an injury. You know, even if you have a down year coming back from injury, there's some questions like, you know, is this is this going to be my routine? Is this going to happen to me next year? I think Javante bounces back in a big way. So I'll, I'll kind of push back on that one here today. But we'll, I mean, obviously there's some options here. Sean Payton said it at Radio Row, though, Sarah, and I, th I don't think we can ignore this. He said one thing. He said, you know, at the end of the year, everyone looks at where your roster's at, and they decide, oh, you know, are you going to run it back? He's like, no, it's like a big chessboard. You have to flip the board over, and all the pieces are scattered around, and you have to try to figure out how you're going to assemble it for the next season. I don't think Denver runs it back with the running back room as is, but I think Javante is going to be probably the big focal point of what they do decide to be bring it forth on the offense this upcoming season. What's that going to look like? I mean, is a great question, but I think one way you can help out a guy like Javante, I know it's not the most favorable thing to do in terms of paying guys, 
But the Broncos could and maybe should take a big splash on a player like Josh Jacobs, who Sean Payton has mentioned before. We'll dive deeper to that here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Check out the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. And the 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. Or you can check out the 2024 Nissan Armada. It will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure at ShopNissanUSA.com. The Denver Broncos have a chance not only to get better in the running game this offseason, but maybe they steal from a division rival to do it. Cody teased it before, but Josh Jacobs, he's hitting free agency this offseason. Sean Payton did a little flirting with him at last year's Super Bowl Media Week. We'll see. Maybe the Broncos can make something happen here, but Josh Jacobs, not the only big name running back to hit the market this offseason. Could be some value there for the Denver Broncos. We're going to break down a few of the big names, some sleeper names on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And want to say thank you to every single one of you that listens to the show every single day, all offseason long. Cody and I are going to be bringing you content, breaking down who could the Broncos sign when they make moves. We'll talk about who they did sign and what that player brings to the team. Can't wait to break down every step of this offseason with you every single day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as on YouTube where you can sound off and give us your opinions. Let us know what you think the Denver Broncos should be doing specifically today at the running back position. Cody, let's talk about Josh Jacobs because this is one guy who Sean Payton has kind of deliberately flirted with. I know they were doing a little segment for TV. I know it's good TV and all those sorts of things, but Sean Payton, has he voted him as an All-Pro after his 2022 season, very deservedly so. But then Josh Jacobs was kind of lumped into a number of backs around the league that just kind of got slapped with the franchise tag last offseason. And he was one of a great deal of them who didn't have quite as good of a year in 2023 with Josh Jacobs. Do you think, first of all, do you think the Broncos will be able to steal him for the Raiders? And number two, do you think that's even a good idea? I think it is. And and look, I'm going to make the argument. Here. I'll play devil's advocate, right? I think a pairing of a J- Javante Williams and a Josh Jacobs, that's a two headed attack right there. That's a two headed monster. And you factor in Javante fully healthy a year removed after having ACL a year removed after playing through a full season, coming off of an injury, that right there, I think that would be exciting. But it also goes here, Sarah, to you know, what's the cost going to look like, right? You mentioned Javante in a contract year. Josh Jacobs is a guy who's been the boogeyman for the Broncos inside the AFC West. I mean, quite frankly, against any AFC West team, Josh Jacobs has been on a tear. Now, he dealt with a little bit of an injury last year. And Denver, obviously, in that first game, were able to contain him and, and really kind of limit his production. Unfortunately, each team only had six offensive possessions in that week one season opener here. Josh Jacobs is the type of running back that I think Sean Payton would view very highly. Now, when there were a bunch of changes that were being made, obviously Josh McDaniels, I don't feel like he used Josh Jacobs the right way how he was being used the year prior. 
when Antonio Pierce came in as the interim head coach, obviously there were some up and downs there for Josh Jacobs. He started going a little bit of a tear and then he got injured. Zamir White has emerged for them. So I think that the Raiders are going to be moving forward with Zamir White. And obviously he had a really big game against the Broncos in the season finale. To me, Josh Jacobs would be the perfect addition here for Sean Payton and the Broncos. But we even teased about it in yesterday's episode of Lockdown Broncos where we talked about, okay, the Broncos have said they're going to go in wave two or wave three of NFL free agency. Do you, is it possible that Josh Jacobs could be there in that wave two area? Like, depending on where the market is right now for running backs, that is a huge question that I don't necessarily have the answer to. I'm curious for your thoughts. Yeah, let's take a look really quick just at some of the top running back contracts around the league when you when you take out the franchise tag numbers, right? I mean, you're talking about Christian McCaffrey, a rare breed, making over $16 million a year. Alvin Kamara, similar boat, making $15 million a year. Jonathan Taylor, his contract with the Colts last year kind of maybe complicated matters. He's getting $14 million per season on a four-year deal, Cody, but only $19.3 million fully guaranteed. Now, that's a really interesting number to consider there. Essentially makes it a two-year deal worth that $19.3 million. And then you have guys like Nick Chubb behind at $12.2 million. So those are the only guys, other than Aaron Jones is the last one, that are making over $10 million average annual value at the running back position. Now, consider the fact I know that wide receivers, obviously, they, they get paid upwards of 20, 25 to 30 million, depending on the caliber of player that we're talking about. I've said this before, but here's my argument for a, a top tier running back in free agency. As long as you're not going up to that 15 million a year range, which I don't think any of these guys are going to get. If you're not going up there, you're getting a guy that could have 200 plus touches for you at the price of essentially a third receiver on your team, which... Cody, that's that's such a bargain to me for a team like Denver that you do need to be budget shopping in free agency. You can't get a $25 million receiver. You can't go out and get a $40 million, $50 million quarterback. You can't do those things. You could get a $10 million a year running back or eight or nine million a year running back. And that guy could be hugely impactful for you, not just in terms of converting in the red zone, but playing all three downs. I love the idea of a Josh Jacobs, maybe even a Saquon Barkley if he leaves New York. I'm sure these guys will have suitors. And, and I know that it seems so unrealistic to Broncos fans who have been taught, like, don't sign running backs in free agency. Don't draft running backs high. Don't do this. Don't do that. It's a luxury position to have. And it's like, is it a luxury to have a good running game? I guess I don't really know. Maybe maybe a good running game could have helped the Broncos win nine or ten games last season as opposed to eight games. So I just think, Cody, it's worth investing in these guys like Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley at that price, given how much they do for your offense. Yeah, I think that's what you need. And I just go back to last year. I remember in training camp sitting there talking to Sean Payton at a press conference. And one thing we asked him is, you know, what what would you say the identity is of your offense? Or what do you want it to look like? And he says, we got to be able to run the football. And he talked about how when you can control the the flow and the tempo of a game, when you're running offensively and you're running it really well, it takes pressure off your defense. It takes pressure off your quarterback to have to do it all because really that was a huge thing for Russell Wilson in 2022 is that they didn't have a sustainable run game. And it felt like in Sean Payton's evaluation said that Russ had a lot of pressure on his shoulders to where he felt like he had to do a lot of the things there. 
you have to play complementary football and having a run game is exactly what you need. And look, I think with the investments that Denver has made in the offensive line, there are some questions. Obviously, we don't know who the starting center is going to be. That's going to impact things. But you have one of the best guards in football right now, Quinn Miners. Ben Powers had a solid under-the-radar season considering how poorly he started in the preseason. Who knows what's going to happen to Garrett Bowles, but you invested all this money in Mike McGlinchey. If you're not going to try to run the football, there's no point because you're not going to be competitive. And Denver has not been competitive for the last couple of seasons because of that. I can't help but just kick myself and think about You mentioned if Denver had a sustainable running game, how many more games would they have won? I think Denver could have been in the playoffs if they would have ran the ball effectively in a couple of those games in which they lost here. But I digress from that. There's also another option maybe floated out there. Philadelphia Eagles running back DeAndre Swift had a quiet 1,000-yard season, got off to a little bit of a good start, and then kind of sputtered out toward the end of the year there for Philadelphia. Now, my question here to you, Sarah, is, is DeAndre Swift, out of these guys that we're talking about, with Saquon Barkley, with Josh Jacobs, does DeAndre Swift offer a little bit more of a versatile skill set to maybe what Sean Payton likes, especially as we talk about maybe identifying that Joker role? Yeah, I think he really could. It's just a, it's all about that vision that Sean Payton talks about, right? It's all about how you envision a guy or what you're looking for from these guys. Like, I think, I think there's maybe a more clear answer from somebody like Saquon Barkley, who's who's caught a ton of passes in the NFL. Whereas DeAndre Swift, we've kind of seen him struggle between, is he a, a full-time runner? Does he play all three downs? Is he too injury prone? I think we've seen a lot of good stuff from him dating back to his time at Georgia. The one factor I wanted to touch on with DeAndre Swift that Sean Payton may consider, why did Dan Campbell and his guys let that guy go and, <laughs> and go ahead and replace him with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs in the following offseason? So, that could be something to consider there if he does hit the market, but he's only 25 years old. He's very talented. Is he on that same tier as Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley? Probably not, but man, I think you get a guy that's, hey, he just had his first thousand yard season as a running back in the NFL. He's only 25 years old. That's something that I think is worth looking into. So again, this is a deep crop of free agent running backs. Those are some of the top guys, but there's other big names, Cody, that I think Fans would be surprised like as we're going to talk about them maybe being sleeper options. These guys are still some big name players in free agency that could upgrade the Broncos offense substantially. Well, could the Broncos take a look at a former Colorado kid, someone who's got ties to Joe Lombardi? Could Austin Eckler be in the mix here for the Broncos this offseason? We'll take a look at that and some other sleepers here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This show is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, whether it's big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. That's where therapy can come in and be beneficial, depending on where you're at, some of the things you're struggling with. I know for me personally, at times I've used therapy. I use it once a month just because I feel like it's good to check in to see where things are at. Life throws a lot of different changes at you and it's okay to not have all the answers, but therapy can help you find the tools necessary to manage the day-to-day -day stresses, anxiety, and other things that you may have experienced in your life. And the thing I like about BetterHelp, it's super easy to sign up and get connected to a licensed therapist in just minutes. All you do is you fill out a brief form and a questionnaire. You'll get matched to a therapist. And then when you have your first session, if you don't vibe well with your therapist, you can change at any time at no additional cost. To yourself. Therapy has been very beneficial for me. And if you're looking forward or you're maybe have had questions about maybe starting therapy, 
Now's your chance to try it with BetterHelp. Therapy can be different for everyone, and most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Could the Denver Broncos take a look at Austin Eckler in this year's NFL free agency period, maybe getting him away from an AFC West division rival? So much will change depending on where Jim Harbaugh is at with his philosophy coming in and now running the Chargers. We're not here to talk about the Chargers. We're here to talk about maybe acquiring one of their better players and a guy who's been super productive across the NFL. Real quick, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, and a special shout-out to all the everydayers out there who make us part of your routine. You make the show exactly what it is. Don't forget to subscribe or follow so you never miss out on what's going on with your favorite team every single day all year long because for the true fan, there's never an offseason. Let's dive into this. Austin Eckler, obviously the Colorado kid from Eaton, played football at a Division II in the RMAC at Western Colorado, which is in Gunnison, which is beautiful, by the way. An unbelievable talent, right? And he was also one of those players. We've talked about the Saquon Barkley's, the Josh Jacobs of, hey, like these guys are being asked to do so much. And when you look at Eckler through the first few seasons of his career in the NFL, I mean, this is a guy that was a fantasy football player's wet dream. Like you're always trying to get a guy like Austin Eckler because he's going to get you in the rushing department. He's going to get you in the receiving department. He is an all-around back that, in my opinion, Sarah, when I look at his skill set, I think Sean Payton could do a lot of different things with him. He really could, and I think Joe Lombardi could speak to that, right? Because Joe Lombardi was obviously with the Los Angeles Chargers recently, and I think I'm pretty sure Eckler, Cody, had 18, 19, 20 touchdowns from scrimmage with Lombardi as the offensive coordinator. So the question becomes, can you find those touches for him within your offense without compromising if you really love Jaleel McLaughlin? That's the maybe the difference here with these two guys is do you feel like Jaleel is going to be stepping in and taking on more of that quote-unquote joker role? I know we bring that up for so many different guys, but that his name has been attached to that. And Eckler seems kind of like a similar player. I just feel like there's, man, even, even from the fact that he played for the Chargers, you know, it just feels like there's always got to be this Darren Sproles-like guy out there to who can be the Darren Sproles for Sean Payton's offense, right? I mean, we know how well that worked in New Orleans, and we know how much Darren Sproles tortured the Denver Broncos when he was a member of the Chargers. So it just it, it kind of feels like maybe there's something there. I know people say, well, Eckler wasn't as explosive this past year as a runner. He was nowhere near as physical between the tackles didn't contribute as much as a receiver but look there was so much going on there obviously the coaching changes in Los Angeles Eckler wasn't fully healthy he he had requested a trade earlier in the year and the Chargers didn't grant him that request and so the, those are all factors that play into why a guy might have a down season it, it may not be breaking news here on the show it may not be because the guy is just cooked as an athlete you know he may be able to contribute some good football somewhere else and so I feel like Eckler is kind of the quintessential Sean Payton type of back. When you talk about guys like through the years, I mentioned Darren Sproles, but then you could look at, you know, like a Reggie Bush, players like that. I'm not saying Eckler is exactly the same as either of those guys, but in terms of catching passes, finding way, unique ways to create offense with a guy, Eckler seems like somebody who could be a really nice fit in Denver. 
My only hesitation or hiccup on him would be just like the injury history. He's had a variety of different soft tissue injuries over the course of the last handful of years. But he's also a guy that's I think has recovered well, right? We want to make the reference to Wolverine blood, but Austin Eckler has a ridiculous training regimen, takes really great care of his body. I, you can see he does like one finger pull-ups. This is a guy that I, I felt like just wasn't in a great situation in LA last year. And maybe he's going to find a, a resurgence in a new place. Could that be Denver? Certainly possible. But I'll maybe throw out maybe another option here that the Broncos could look at as we all know Sean Payton keeps an eye on almost anything and everybody that you can think of in terms of players that are set to become free agents around the NFL. He touched on it saying, hey, the, when the season ends, our personnel department starts putting together cutups of all these players and they're looking at every position. Tony Pollard, obviously of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, really for the Cowboys, they made the huge investment moving off of Ezekiel Elliott, really transitioning a hand in the keys to the kingdom at the running back position to Pollard explosive can impact in the receiving department can impact in the rushing department. And he even took a chance too because he got seriously injured while playing on the franchise tag, if I'm not mistaken, just a couple of years ago. Uh, so for me, I look at Pollard, he could also be another option, but I mean, Sarah, this conversation keeps circling back to one thing. And I think this is going to be where a lot of Broncos fans will probably chime in and let us know how they feel about it. I just think the discourse about paying running backs, like what is Tony Pollard going to be looking for here? on the free agency market and considering where Denver's at, would they even be able to afford any of these guys that we've talked about? Right. And, and I think the answer to the second question is probably the most important one because a lot of fans out there perceive that the Broncos aren't going to be able to afford anybody in NFL free agency. But I think we're going to see over the course of the next couple of weeks here as they start to, you know, make some restructures around the roster, as they start to do roster cap casualties and things like that. I think we're going to see the Broncos maneuver to a position where they're going to be able to be active in free agency because they really have to be Cody. I mean, there's weaknesses on this roster. They've only got six draft picks in the upcoming draft. Like they don't have the darts to throw to be able to supplement roster depth by just going to the NFL draft or undrafted free agency alone. They need to sign free agents and budget-friendly ones, of course, but that's why we're talking about running back because, it's frankly, it's been a budget-friendly position over the last handful of years. And we saw last offseason, teams are, are not going to pay backs. How many running backs sat around in free agency until almost the start of the season or even after the start of the season all, and and the, the top guys on the market got slapped with the tag because it's such a reasonable number. You and I talked about other positions like the guys the Broncos have eligible. There's no way you're you're spending 19 million on Lloyd Cushenberry for the franchise tag or 20 plus million on Josie Jewell for the tag. But you might spend 11, 12 million on a running back, like I said, who could get 200, 250 touches for you. So and Tony Pollard, it's 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 no longer a the franchise tag is a baseline average annual value for these guys. It's a what have you done for me lately? And what are other teams willing to go to? If nobody else is willing to go here, then neither are we. And you can sit around and wait or you can take our offer of this amount of guaranteed money. Running back is one of the worst positions to probably play in the NFL today. Cody, because these guys aren't getting good guaranteed money. There's the franchise tag number is very low. So I think it's a team friendly position, unfortunately for these players, but maybe fortunately for the Broncos to go out and get somebody who can really impact your offense. I know it's a subject of conversation amongst the NFL PA about the value, like uh, and all these running backs, they got on a zoom call last year, really kind of headed and spearheaded by Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. And these guys who are prominent producers for their teams, 
I'm very curious to see if that changes this year, if you see running backs get a more favorable market because of everything that you've seen here. But I do need to make a correction. I think earlier I said a couple of years ago, Tony Pollard was franchise tag. What I meant was Tony Pollard, not last season, but the year before, got hurt before free agency and they franchise tag him in the offseason. He played on the franchise tag last year. So I had to correct myself there. I think there's some intriguing options here, Sarah. And look, I think that Denver, they're going to have to change it up, right? If you want to do different things on offense, you can't just keep going with the status quo. And while I think Javante is going to be a big part of what they decide to do, I don't think that there's really a guarantee here for Samaj P. Ryan on this roster to really be solidified. And I think if Denver goes out and maybe gets a guy like an Austin Eckler or a Tony Pollard or Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley, I think that that really eliminates one of those guys at that position. And I think if they were to go out and get a Saquon or a Josh Jacobs, I think that maybe hot take here. I think they they become running back one over Javante, but it's a by committee approach with those two guys. I think Javante is going to be a big part of it, but I do think that Denver needs a new face inside the running back room to help spice things up because the run game has not been good enough and needs to get there if the Broncos hope to get back to playoff contention and competing for the AFC West Broncos country. Let us know your thoughts on today's episode of Locked on Broncos. We're going to continue our NFL free agency preview. The NFL scouted combine is coming up next week. We'll obviously have you covered when George Payton and Sean Payton meet with the media. We'll share clips. We'll share our reaction to it. But another thing we're going to dive deep into, we're going to continue our preview wide receiver. If the Broncos do part ways or have to release one of their wideouts, could they add a guy on the free agency market as a supplemental piece to their offense? We'll look at some of the best options in Wave 2 and Wave 3 on Monday's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.